Hey everyone, and welcome to a special spin-off series of the CE Show. I'm still your host, Adam McQueen, but a few weeks ago, I interviewed 15 competitive experts live at Intellicon, hosted by our friends over at Skip. It was by far the most fun I've had during my time at Clue. Why? Well, first, seeing the compete community in the flesh and not just behind a computer screen was a breath of fresh air. And really though, the goal of this podcast has always been to elevate and build this compete community. And so just to see people in person, sharing their wisdom with myself and each other, it was just awesome to see. We all know that there isn't this clear linear path to success in compete. And really it's the moments where you get to connect with one another, compare notes, share experiences. That's really the secret to success in this space. And now we've compiled these interviews into a special seven part mini series. This is Intellicon 2022 Masters Series. For our first edition, I am joined by Lisa Goldberg, the Senior Director of Global Marketing Strategy at Elucian, and Nadim Khan, the Senior Competitive Intelligence Matter at Coca-Cola. Lisa, well, she is a breath of fresh air. She's a friend of the podcast and the Coffee and Compete newsletter. One of my favorite parts of this conversation is the fact that on her first day in her role, Lisa had to present the business case for Compete and really just justify the function in front of execs on day one, numero uno. Talk about nerve wracking. Nadim, well, he fast became friends with the crew over at Intellicon. And what I love from our conversation is that he had this unique perspective on Compete coming from Coca-Cola. It's a lot different to the B2B space that many compete professionals work within. And honestly, many of the professionals that I've spoken with. He was also really candid in the lessons that he's taken from the community over the weekend, even the lessons he's taken from his competitors. So with that all said, let's jump into these interviews. I hope you enjoy. All right, today I'm joined by Lisa Goldberg from Elucian, and she is the Senior Director of Market Strategy. She told me that she actually created the title of, of her job. So what, what, what did that entail? Well, back when we first started, um, our organization realized that they needed to uh, bring all of the various pieces and parts of market intelligence and competitive intelligence to one spot so that the organization was all singing off the same song sheet. <laughs> so that was my job, to make sure that everybody had the same information, that we weren't reacting or having knee-jerk reactions to rumors, that we were bringing true qualitative and quantitative information to the organization. And so you built this program from five years ago. You built this thing from scratch to where it is now. So that that's so cool that you've been able to have like such an imprint on the organization. And because of that, I want to ask you sort of about career advice for other people that are in Compete. A lot of people listening to the podcast are going to be sort of new to building a function. There's probably, there's other people as well that uh, have more experience, but like I'd love to kind of get your perspective. So one of the things I want to ask you is if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing when you were starting Compete with the experience you have now, what would it be? 
That's a great question, Adam. And I think the one thing that I would probably tell myself is know your audience because your audiences are going to vary. And not only will they vary, but not everybody consumes information in the same way. So you really have to understand what the audience's expectations are, what they're looking for from your content or your contributions, and then how do they best consume that information? Are they a visual learner? You know, do they get a PowerPoint and they know what it means and they can understand it? Or are they auditory? Do they need you to tell them about it? And just making sure that you're trying your best to deliver to everybody's expectations so that they understand the information and can use it to the betterment of the company. My dad is a high school teacher. You talk about like different learning methods and you mentioned that like auditory, visual, kinetic learning. And that's cool that like that's something that, I mean, when you think of a compete professional, you are almost a, a teacher of sorts. You're educating so many different types of user bases. Absolutely. And that's part of, so my background is that I have my master's in education. Well, look at and that. And that was what, so before I t was in com this market strategy role, I was in marketing and it's the same kind of principle. Even if you're talking to customers and prospects, you have to talk to them in a way that matters to them most and that where they can connect with you. And it's not everybody connects with everybody in the same way. You have to use different methods. You have to use different language, different visuals to catch someone's attention. So what was the first thing you did when you got into your role in Compete? Do you remember? I do remember the first thing I did when I got into the role was I had to build a PowerPoint for the executive leadership explaining to them what competitive intelligence was and why they decided to make this new role and why they put me in it. Um, so it was interesting because, and I actually used a lot of, because uh, I was already a SKIP member, even before I had this role, I was already a SKIP member, so I used information from the website and some of the tools and mapped it out for them into, here are the basic areas that we should cover, here's how we'll do it. You know, the legal guy immediately was like, oh, we can't do this, this is not right. And I said, no, we're gonna do it with public information, don't worry, it's, I'm not a spy, because that's what everybody thought I was. I'm like, no, everything's ethical, legal. We're using publicly available information. We're just bringing it together in a way that educates everybody. So the first thing you did was present to leadership why your role mattered and why you deserved a job. No Correct. pressure, no pressure. Nope, but, you know, hey, I'm still here. On that note, so you've had five years to kind of grow this program. What are some of the things that you've done or that you've noticed that's um, increased sort of the visibility or strategic value of your Compete program within the business? So uh, the one thing that we, we did most recently, and I guess we, it was a little, just about a year ago, we actually signed with Clue for our competitive enablement platform. And one of the things that we did was we worked with the Clue team and we had them do a little presentation for a small group of what we called beta customers. And they were representation from sales and sales enablement and had them walk through what Clue was, what it meant. And then we walked through our plan of how we were going to build Clue out. And then they became our testers. So they actually helped us because we had the information. It was in PowerPoints and Word documents and 
PDFs and we were using SharePoint, it was a mess. No one could access it while they were on the road. It wasn't usable. So we partnered, as I said, with, with Clue and we walked through that. And then we built out two competitors to start. And then we had our beta testers test those two competitors. And then they gave us feedback and we made small tweaks. And then we've since built out I think we're up to nine or ten competitors now. We have an 80% use rate of Clue at our company. And we have people asking, can they get, can they get a, you know, we need a license or we need a subscription. So we've had some ask if they could be curators. I'm sorry, they cannot touch it. We, my team curates, but we'll let you be a consumer. It's a good point though, because like being able to control the message. It's not like when I say that, I don't mean it in a way that's like, you're not listening to their feedback or input, but it's like there needs to be alignment on what the message is. Otherwise, there is this thing of rogue messaging from a sales rep side. And the reps that were actually our beta testers were our biggest advocates. So when we launched, they actually helped us in a presentation that we did, and they spoke about the positive benefits that they saw, how it would help the rest of the field team. So what I'm hearing from you is that sort of like beta tester getting like some early champions, advocates was the thing that helped you kind of build the, it helps you have like organic growth within the organization that people are not going to buy into it. They're going to care and that will naturally increase sort of like the importance of what you're doing. It's so funny is like I was, and I've actually, I don't want to set up the question before. I was talking to Ashley from Highspot and she's, I was like, you could have one wish, what would it be for starting a compete program? She's like, sales buy-in immediately. And it seems to like what you did and there's a reason why that's important. Tell me about your most successful experience enabling customer-facing teams on a competitor. That's a really good question. So I think one of the most successful things that I've done in terms of enablement was taking an industry analyst's report and taking each of our competitors that was included in that report and breaking it down for our sales team into how they compared or what the analyst wrote and the actual meaning of why it should matter to them, how they should address a question if a customer or prospect asked them about it. And then, so we did that as a, um, as a webinar and then uh, for the next two weeks, we offered um, at night when, you know, sales isn't selling, we did nighttime what we'll call office hours and we allowed them to come in and ask questions and we would pull the presentation up and go through, you know, on this slide, I, what does this mean? Or that's, you know, and they, we would answer their questions. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So you did just kind of like a breakdown. Here's the spark notes of what you need to know. I've done, I've done the legwork here to go through this extensive report. Here's what you, what you need to know and here's how you can use it. Right. And why it matters to them. If you don't tell them why it matters, you know, they're not going to listen. It's rule number one. <laughs> rule number one. Okay. I got another question. This is, I might have to just reword this question because I might have stumped people a couple of times, but it's the way I've asked, set this question up is tell me how not to get your end users and stakeholders to use your intel. There's two things that I would that come to mind when I when I think about that. The first thing um, for me is if you talk down to them or preachy to them, um, you know they know things. You know they don't want to be lectured to or you know thought less of because maybe they're not as 
up to date on, you know, the latest news article. That would be thing one is don't be preachy and don't talk down to them. Um, and I, I think, think the second thing would be, dear God, don't make it so complicated that you need a degree to read it. And I'm guilty of that. I did that early on. I made it. I wanted to give everybody everything about everything I knew. Don't do that. Bad, bad, bad decisions. Make it easy to use. Make them want to come back and ask you questions. It should be a collaboration. It should be a dialogue. That is an incredible answer. I love that. And I got one more question for you because I want to be courteous of your time. Okay, I'm a genie. I'm a competitive genie. I can grant you one wish. What is that wish in terms of helping you better enable your teams? I think if I had a wish, it would probably be to go back in time and choose an enablement platform earlier rather than using PowerPoint and Word documents because they just took so much time and effort to keep up to date and they were always out of date and our information is not out of date now that would be my wish i swear i didn't pay her to say that one people <laughs> i swear no but it's true i mean now we we get so many you know like people know where the information is so there's less of them coming to me as wikipedia going can you answer that for me can you answer that for me they go there first and then if they can't find the answer they come to me what's that done for you in terms sorry i said this was my last question but i gotta follow up what's that done for you in terms of freeing up your time because the one thing is like i always hear from compete pros when they're starting it's like i'm just getting bombarded with requests from sales that i don't have time to do other things like is there has it freed you up to do other kind of projects it actually has so my time has been freed up and luckily for us that it has um i'm helping now with our analyst relationships role a little bit more. So I'm more involved with the analyst and doing more inquiries. We're getting that information. And we've been able to expand beyond the original five to seven competitors. We're now branching out. And um, we're also going to be starting to work more closely with like product management and other organizations to bring their information in. So it is one really like I heard someone say this today, it's really the center of excellence for where the information will be kept for the organization. That's my goal anyway. That's incredible, Lisa. That was a jolt of energy I needed in my life today. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. I appreciate your time. All right, thank you. All right, today I'm joined by Nadim Khan, the Senior Competitive Intelligence Manager at Coca-Cola. Nadim Thank you for joining me. Adam, it's an absolute honor to be here. Nadim has become a friend of Clue within five minutes. First I met Jason. Jason was great, and then I met Adam. It's been a, it's been a yeah, no, it's been a, it's a cool team. I mean, Skip's been really cool so far, just finding out about companies like, like Clue that I had no idea is being used by the industry, right? Just, I mean, that's kind of the point of being here, I guess. Yeah, man, no, let's dive right into it then, because my question to you, this is your first time at Skip, right? First time at Skip. What's been like, kind of the highlight so far? So first of all, I think just that it's happening. I mean, like I'm sort of maybe two or three years into doing competitive intelligence as like a full-time job. And initially I didn't really think that it was a broad-based thing that had trade organization groups behind it necessarily. Uh, like you used to be an IR and, and that world definitely does. So I'm just ha A, happy to realize that this is happening, right? Like we're starting this and it's, I think, becoming more legitimate as more and more people and companies get into it. Um, and then also just getting to sort of like network and meet 
people who are on completely different ends of the CI spectrum, like some people who are product marketing focused. Whereas for me at Coca-Cola, and then I've met some people at Nestle and um, and some larger companies, I think CI means maybe something even di- maybe something different, which is probably more financially driven, strategically driven from like an enterprise perspective relative to competitors. So just getting a sense for that has been super helpful too, because like I said, CI in general, I think by definition is pretty opaque. So it's kind of nice to get, you know, a world like this where everyone's sort of comfortable sharing what's going on at their companies. Normally, there's not another avenue to do that. There's like, it's not only like a face of the name, it's like a face of the role, right? It's this like other people doing the job that I'm doing. We, so many compete pros I've talked to are like, there's no like playbook on how to run compete. There's no, it's not as an established function, it's newer. And with that is, there's some stuff about like what you mentioned, it's like, I'm new to this world. I'm like, didn't realize there's so many other people out there. Um, but it's also cool because there's a lot of people building and a lot of just like willingness to share, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it has been. And I mean, like I said, meeting meeting other people who are doing the same job, even sort of might be competitors, I think are just willing to share so that you can go back to your own team and make it just a, a better function in your in your group. I mean, I think we all want to keep our jobs and keep doing what we're doing, right? So we need to make sure we're being valuable. And like, um, I know at my company, we're getting to the point where we've done a lot of the, you know, initial sort of data market research level stuff. And now it's about getting to that next level of like linking CI through the org and taking that next step with CI, which I think getting the perspective of how other people are doing it and hopefully being able to see some best in class examples really helps. So there's been a lot of sessions, a lot of content out there. Um, have there been some like specific takeaways or like interest in like what's been some of the highlights from specific sessions so far? So honestly, I, I got to go back to the opening with, with, with Carmen, the CIA, former CIA, you know, agent who I think did a great job of linking it back to business concepts. Cause obviously like I joke with my friends, I'm doing CI, I'm like hyperdonculars and stuff. <laughs> we all know it's very different than the military CI world. And I think she did a great job looking back. And one of the things that we're looking at in my company right now is disruptors. Just trying to think a little bit more big picture in terms of intra-industry or external, i.e. like EVs, right? How could that affect our industry? What kind of downstream consequences will those big themes have? And a concept that I really appreciated that she brought to light was not only just identifying those disruptors, but when she talked about Amy Webb and sort of the futurist saying like, let's start playing with combining these things and trying to find or just speculate on causality. I think to me that just struck a chord with the kind of work I'm doing right now as, as kind of one project going on that, that, that I'm working on. So I really appreciated that. And then I did a session with uh, Matt at Commvault, who I think you guys know. He did a great job just talking about what I just said, which is sort of like after you've done your battle cards, after you've done your X's and O's, and like you have sort of a basic CI network there, it's like, now what? How do I further advance this? How do I make this better? What's the next step after just having the information and having the benchmarks and having that on paper? And and he gave some really good specifics of sort of how he's built that out at Commvault and networked with the other teams there. And that's the ultimate goal, right, is to just bring a centralized competitive view that incorporates all these different functions. So that said, now you've, you've digested a lot of sessions, you've done a lot of networking. Let's fast forward to a year. My friend Cam Mackey got you on the phone. He says, Nadim, I want you to run a session. What would you run that session on? So hopefully if it's a year from now, we would have been able to do some of the things that we're trying to do right now. And that would include creating that formal 
you know, global network of CI. So if that was in place, I would love to do a session on like how we made that come together, how we got buy-in, um, how we got people who have day jobs in terms of selling a product to do, to participate in CI. We haven't done that yet in my company, and I think, or we're starting to do that. And I think if I could teach that, that'd be fantastic. Otherwise, if we weren't there, I'd probably just do a session on like a deep dive we've done on a name because personally I have sort of banking financial backgrounds then I did IR as well so like I think our group in particular Coca-Cola is pretty good at synthesizing like the 360 view of a business and we've done that with several different businesses that we look at whether we're trying to acquire them or whether we're just trying to inform our own go-to-market and our own strategies with respect to how they're competing right so I would probably just do like a workshop because I think tangible examples of like how are people doing this job day to day is really helpful like what are you actually doing this is a competitor like walk me through your process and how you approach it I would probably do something on that. You know, it's kind of meta to you saying as someone that's learning the world of compete, I want tangible examples, I want real things. And that's honestly kind of like the lesson in a lot of regards in terms of like how you make compete applicable across the org is like, how do you make this information you're sharing out to folks like applicable, digestible, understandable? That's the biggest thing is like you have to be use cases for CI for people who are sort of in the field in order for it to be something that they want to do. Right. Like it can't just be, you know, hey, corporate needs your report on your landscape because we need a board presentation like that happens. And that's all well and good. But the only way to get people to actually buy in in the field and like do that regularly and not just when you're asking for it is to show them. Right. Like, OK, here's a situation where knowing your landscape could have informed your go to market in some way or could have informed some decision that you made and pointing it back to a tangible example. Right. All right, so on that note then, I want to ask you some questions around the enablement side. Uh, I've asked this one a couple of times. That's some uh, different answers, interesting answers. I am, I'm no longer Adam, I am a, I'm a genie. And I give you one wish. And the wish is in regards to how you could better enable your teams. What is that? What would it be? I think, I think maybe a best practice to enablement is honestly templates. Like something I've learned is that like at my company, the core CI function, which sits within finance, has a lot of people that have done strategy and finance before. So we have templates for how to approach things and we sort of understand like what we're asking for when we're talking to marketing or we're talking to R&D or whatever, right? And I think we've sort of come across, we've sort of stood up um, local CI practices across the globe. But the thing is, is a lot of those people have shifted into that role from roles that, you know, had nothing to do with CI before. So I think there's a demand in our org to just have a template for for doing things, right? Whether that's like forecasting industry profits or like having comps or like I'm talking about literally trying to just make a very basic example template and have work, like Matt called it in his session office hours, like have office hours with your org and like provide them with tools, try to give them tools that are sort of like fill in the blank or like a first step at like, here's how you might approach this or like here's an example market and like, this is a use case for that. So like recently we've done that with sort of um, industry forecasting because our company sort of requires, you know, local forecasts and then we roll that up. But we haven't had a necessarily like super formal process around how we collect those numbers and what informs our assumptions. So we have started to make templates for literally that for saying hey if you do, if you have no ci practice built out in your in your geography and we're asking you to come up with a profit scenario like here's here's a template for how you might handle that right like here's 
put the comps here. Here's some margin considerations for this this category and stuff like that. So, like I said, I think it just comes back to tangibility. Because when I like when I tell people who aren't in the industry, like which is most people, like, I do CI. Sometimes like your eyes just gloss over, right? It's like I don't know what you're talking about. And I think the same is true even like internally at companies that are trying to set up CI practices. Is like a lot of people that are that are doing CI in terms of feeding the central org are just doing that to like check a box, right? They're like corporate wants this. The moment you're checking a box, like it's game over, then what are you even doing, right? Yeah. So I think just tangibility and use cases in terms of enablement. Nadim, thank you so much and we'll enjoy dinner tonight. Adam, this has been awesome. Cheers, my friend.